Loving Father in heaven, glory be unto your name for giving us the privilege to be among the living once again. Dear Father, we thank you for the good things you give to us in the food we eat, the water we drink, the air we breathe. And we thank you also for the spiritual blessings that you also give to us in the words that we hear from your word that equips us to live a life in harmony with your will. We thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit also there to give us power to become sons of God. Dear Lord, we need our daily manna and we pray, Father, that you would speak to us from your word today that we may be sustained as we go on our pilgrim journey to your kingdom. Lord, may the words we hear today nourish our souls and build us up to become into the fullness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Put your words in my lips for that purpose, O Lord, for the sake of your children, that we all may be blessed. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, April 4 Strange Fire And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer, and put fire therein, and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. Leviticus chapter 10 verse 1 Next to Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu had stood highest in Israel. They had been especially honored by the Lord having been permitted with the seventy elders to behold his glory in the mount. But their transgression was not therefore to be excused or lightly regarded. All this rendered their sin more grievous. Because men have received great light, because they have, like the princes of Israel, ascended to the mount and been privileged to have communion with God, and to dwell in the light of his glory. Let them not flatter themselves, that they can afterwards sin with impunity, that because they have been thus honored, God would not be strict to punish their iniquity. This is a fatal deception. The great light and privileges bestowed require returns of virtue and holiness corresponding to the light given. Anything short of this, God cannot accept. Great blessings or privileges should never lull to security or carelessness. They should never give license to sin or cause the recipients to feel that God will not be exact with them. Nadab and Abihu had not in their youth been trained to habits of self-control, habits of self-indulgence, long-cherished obtained a hold upon them, which even the responsibility of the most sacred office had not power to break. They had not been taught to respect authority, the authority of their father. And they did not realize the necessity of exact obedience to the requirements of God. Aaron's mistaken indulgence of his sons prepared them to become the subjects of the divine judgments. God designed to teach the people that they must approach him with reverence and awe, and in his own appointed manner, he cannot accept partial obedience. It was not enough 
that in this solemn season of worship, nearly everything was done as he had directed. Let no one deceive himself with the belief that a part of God's commandments are non-essential or that he will accept a substitute for that which he has required. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Strange Fire. This is the account of the first two sons of Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and how they were destroyed by God because they offered what we call strange fire in the altar of God. Before we understand the enormity of the crime, we need to go back to understand the requirements of God. In the sanctuary, there were three articles in the most in the holy place, and one of them is the altar of incense, and the other two are the table of shewbread and the seven golden candlesticks. Concerning the altar of incense, the Lord said in the book of Exodus 30 verse 7 to 9, And Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning when he dresseth the lamps. He shall burn incense upon it. And when Aaron lighted the lamps at even, he shall burn incense upon it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall offer no strange incense thereon, nor bond sacrifice, nor meat offering, neither shall ye pour drink offering thereon. So, here we see God's instruction directly telling them no strange incense, that is, strange fire should be lighted on that altar. What does this strange fire mean? What, does it, what is strange fire in the eyes of God? You see, everything connected with the sanctuary of God was very sacred. God had his own visible presence in the form of the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire before the children of Israel. And many times when they make sacrifices, for example, when they wanted to dedicate that sanctuary, on that day when they made the, the sacrifice, they didn't use any fire on that sacrifice. There was a fire from the Lord himself that consumed that sacrifice and it was the Lord who showed his presence and his acceptance of the work that they had done by sending the fire himself down there. In the most holy place, there is something called the Shekinah glory. Only the high priest is supposed to enter the most holy place once a year. If he enters there when it is not the time for him to enter, he will be destroyed. If he enters there even during the time and does not do all the ordinances and prepare himself like he's supposed to, he will still be destroyed. God was particular in the way he wanted to be worshipped and he has his reasons. So also, in that uh, most holy place, the Shekinah glory was not any light that was lighted by man. It was a light that God himself put on the Ark of the Covenant to show the visible presence of God. And so also, just as the bond offerings were lighted by God when they dedicated the temple, so also the fire that was on that candlestick in the holy place, it was lighted by God. It was not any human fire that was put on the candlestick. God himself lighted the candlestick. And it was from that fire that they were supposed to light the incense, the altar of incense. That is why the Lord said, no strange fire should be used to light that 
altar of incense or even the seven golden candlesticks reading from patriarchs and prophets page 348 paragraph 1 it says just before the veil separating the holy place from the most holy and the immediate presence of god stood the golden altar of incense upon this altar the priest was to burn incense every morning and evening its horns were touched with the blood of the sin offering and it was sprinkled with blood upon the great day of atonement the fire upon this altar was kindled by god himself and was sacredly cherished day and night the holy incense diffused its fragrance throughout the sacred apartments and without far around the tabernacle end of quote so here it is that everyone at least the priests especially which this is moses and Aaron's office, Aaron being the high priest, but Moses being the one who knows everything about it because it was him that the Lord gave all the instructions. Aaron knew everything about it. They had been told, do not light any strange fire. In fact, this matter of Nadab and Abihu happened just after the dedication of the temple. It seems to be the first time or so, about the first time they were still beginners in this work. The Lord had just dedicated that temple. In the book of Leviticus, reading chapter 9, from verse 22, it says, And Aaron lifted up his hand towards the people. This is on the day of the dedication of the temple. And blessed them, and came down from offering the sin offering, and the burnt offering, and peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation, and came out, and blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto the people. And there came a fire from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar of burnt offering. And the fat which when all the people saw, they shouted and fell on their knee, on their faces. Amen. The Lord showed them he has his own fire. He used that to burn the, to burn the offering. And it was the fire from the Lord that was used on the altar of incense and also the candlestick. Now here comes Nadab and Abihu. Just after this day, Nadab and Abihu in Leviticus 10 from verse 1, it says, And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer, and put fire therein, and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And there went out fire from the Lord, and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Hmm, a very strange fire that led to a strange incident for the bo- for these two boys Nadab and Abihu the sons of Aaron they did something that the Lord commanded them not why was it that the Lord consumed them it says in patriarchs and prophets page 359 paragraph 2 they but they transgressed his command by the use of strange fire for burning the incense they took common instead of sacred fire which God himself had kindled and which he had commanded to be used for this purpose. For this sin, a fire went out from the Lord and devoured them in the sight of the people. And even Moses himself made the comment to Aaron. He said in Leviticus 10 verse 4, he says, and Moses, verse 3, Leviticus 10 verse 3, then Moses said unto Aaron, this is it that the Lord speak, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. 
What was Moses saying to Aaron? He was, he was reminding Aaron of the day that they came before the Mount of God when God spoke the commandments to them that that day God said, anybody who is coming close to me must be sanctified. And he told Moses, go and tell the people to wash themselves and all of them should, to make sure that they are ready lest he strikes out, lest because of their unpreparedness they are destroyed by the presence of the Lord. So also, Moses reminded Aaron, this is what the Lord told us that time. That if we are not sanctified and come to his presence, he will consume us. And even animals were not supposed to come to the foot of that mountain when the Lord was speaking. If anyone comes, they were supposed to be tossed through with a dart or killed. And the Lord consumed these thinking men. They were not mere animals who didn't know where they were going. They were humans, men who understood the instruction of God but lightly regarded it. And the Lord punished them for it. That's the story. But what's the lesson that we have to learn from this story of Nadab and Abihu? The first lesson that we should learn is this. God is particular. Oh, how the Lord glosses through a lot of things we do today. God is very particular. What did God want to teach with this, with this incident? Conflict and Courage, page 100, paragraph 4, it says, God designed to teach the people that they must approach him with reverence and awe and in his own appointed manner he cannot accept partial obedience it was not enough that in this solemn season of worship nearly everything was done as he had directed let no one deceive himself with the belief that a part of god's commandments are non-essential or that he will accept a substitute for that which he has required end of quote the lesson I'm picking from here is God requires exact obedience. He doesn't want partial obedience. We must come to him not the way we like, but the way he has appointed. Oh, I wish we could get this. If we can, the numerous multitudes of strange fire being offered to the Lord today in Christendom would stop. The Lord is very exact and he expects us to follow him in that exactness. Look at this in Deuteronomy chapter 12, reading from verse 8. Hear what God said. You shall not do after the things that we do here this day. Every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes. In the, another version of the Bible, it says, When that time comes, you must not do as you have been doing. Until now, you have, been, you have all been worshipping as you please. God doesn't want us to worship him as we please and to conduct his services as we please. We must conduct it in his own appointed manner and not nearly close to, but exactly what he said. Deuteronomy 12 reading from verse 9 continues to say, You are not yet as come to the rest and to the inheritance which the Lord your God giveth you. But when you go over Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord your God giveth you to inherit, and when he giveth you rest from all your enemies round about, so that ye dwell in safety, then there shall be a place which the Lord your God shall choose to cause his name to dwell there. Thither shall ye bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your thites and the heave offering of your land, and all your choice vows which ye vow unto the Lord, and ye shall rejoice before the Lord your God, ye and your sons and your daughters and your men servants and your maid servants and the Levite that is within your gates, for as much as he hath no part nor inheritance with you. Then verse 13 says, Take heed 
to thyself, that thou offer not the burnt offerings in every place that thou seest, but in the place which the Lord shall choose, in one of the of thy tribes. There shall thou offer thy burnt offerings, and there shall thou do all that I command thee. Amen. God is teaching the lesson of exact obedience. Do you know that this matter became a matter through which the whole of Israel, the northern, the kingdom that was called Israel, later the kingdom divided when after Solomon died, God divided the kingdom into two, the northern and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom being Judah and uh, Jerusalem was the capital and the southern kingdom being the rest of the nine tribes of Israel. All these nine tribes, because the Lord selected Jerusalem as the place where they were to go, to offer the burnt offerings. When the kingdom divided, Jeroboam, who was the king of um, the southern kingdom, because where they were supposed to offer the sacrifices was in the northern kingdom and he didn't want his people to go there and now turn their backs on him because they are going to Jerusalem, he instituted another kind of service. And in instituting this, the Lord was so displeased with him and the Lord was angry with him. Reading it now from the book of uh, 1 Kings chapter 12, it says from verse 25, Then Jeroboam built Shechem in Mount Ephraim, and dwelt therein, and went out from thence, and built Penuel. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David, if these people go to go up to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem. Then shall the heart of these people turn again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam king of Judah. And they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam king of Judah. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two cows of gold, and said unto them, It is too much for you to go to Jerusalem. Behold thy God, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Wow! The same sin and apostasy that was committed by his forefathers, Jeroboam repeated the same thing to lure the people so that in his heart he thought that if they go to the northern kingdom where Rehoboam is, that they will kill him. And he instead decided to do a new church. And in this church, oh, this was the woke church. Let's see what he did. It's always woke when people want to change things. Okay, now continuing from verse 29, it says, And he set one in Bethel. Now the Lord had already, remember what we just read in Deuteronomy 12. God said, I will choose a place where you will make your sacrifices. That's supposed to be in Jerusalem. Now, what did Jeroboam do? He set the one in Bethel and the one he put in Dan. And this thing became a sin. For the people went to worship before the one, even unto Dan. And he made an house of high places, and made priests of the lowest people, which were not of the sons of Levi. And Jeroboam ordained a feast in the eighth month on the fifteenth day of the month, like unto the feast that is in Judah. And he offered upon the altar, so did he in Bethel, sacrificing unto the calves that he had made. And he placed in Bethel the priests of the high places which he had made. So he offered upon the altar which he had made in Bethel the fifteenth day of the eighth month, even in the month which he had devised of his own heart, and ordained a feast unto the children of Israel. And he offered upon the altar and burnt incense. 
This is a new style of worship, a strange fire that Jeroboam is putting here. As far as it was not in harmony with what the Lord had said, God's own command is offer the sacrifice where I choose. And his command also is that the priests must be from the children of Aaron and it must be Levites. But Jeroboam is changing everything. The Passover 15th day of the first month where Jeroboam instituted something like the Passover 15th day of the eighth month. Passover 14th and 15th, that's Passover and unleavened bread. He did his own too. But who were they worshipping? They still claimed to be worshipping the God of heaven. In their hearts, they believed that their God has not changed. He's still the God of heaven. They didn't have any other God. Do you know what it means to have another God? Many today in Christendom are offering strange fire. They think they are worshipping God, but they do not understand that when you bring in practices into the church of God that is not in harmony with the Lord's ordained manner of worship or his doctrines, you may claim in your heart to be worshipping God, but the Lord will say this thing you have done has become a sin, a detestable thing in my eyes. And many will say today, I, I don't see anything wrong in this. I don't see anything wrong in that. All kinds of things are done in the churches today. Strange fire is being offered. Strange fire in the form of rock music is coming into the church. Strange fire in the form of blues, dancing are coming into the church. Strange fire where people will take the rap songs, the real rap songs songs and remove the lyrics and put in lyrics that look Christian and then bring it into the church of God. Strange fire. Strange fire when we go to watch the concerts of the world and we see how they do their stuff and then you put in all the lighting and make the church look like a clubhouse where you switch off the lights and everywhere goes dark and then everybody is raising their hand and they are acting as if they are in a concert of Coldplay or in a concert of Kanye West and that's how the church is now. Strange fire has come in. Oh, all of them raising hands and dancing to the music repeating the same words over and over again over and over again just lulling the people strange fire is in the house of god things that the lord did not ordain things common fire that came from the world that is what common fire is common fire is when we copy things from the world things of men light that was kindled by men bringing it into the house of god things that came from the imagination of the heart of men bringing it in the house of god unless it comes from god it is strange fire things that the lord did not ordain methods and practices in the house of god that god never even talked about today people are celebrating their birthdays in the church they even bring the cake into the church and they cut it there and they claim oh i'm thanking god for my birthday but they're just celebrating themselves the day that's supposed to be the sabbath of the lord has become a day for man all kinds of strange fires today the, the day that's supposed to be the sabbath of the lord is being appropriated to men where do we see in the word of god where the sabbath days are being dedicated to people all kinds of things it's no longer god's day it is now being appropriated to people it's their day these are the things that are coming and then you have the strange fire of having various kinds of worship styles like i've been uh, saying the beliefs themselves the beliefs themselves that lead to certain practices in the church strange fire strange fire why is it strange because it did not come to the mind of god by any means and it is not something he ordained and we are bringing it in the house of god and secondly how do we know strange fire it is not in harmony with the principles of righteousness all the things i mentioned in here is it because god didn't give us particular direction about them somebody will ask there's nothing like god did not condemn bringing birthdays into the church god did not condemn bringing in dead bodies oh he did 
now we see in church they bring in corpses into the church and claim they're doing memorials and burials for them sometimes we don't really think about this thing what did the lord say about corpses he said we should not even as much as touch them and that if you touch them that you should stay away from the tabernacle oh now you don't even need to touch it the corpses are brought into the church strange fire brought right there in the altar what does the lord have to do with the dead body if a body is, if, the, if anyone is dead, they should be buried, not brought into the house of God. All these things and these practices in the, that are coming from the imagination of men's hearts is the same thing as what Nadab and Abihu did. When we are not careful to follow exactly what the Lord is saying, today we see copying here and there from the world, from Babylon, canticles and prayers they just want to we don't even find out why are they doing what they are doing what is the meaning and significance of this act that i saw in this church some people have no idea whatsoever some do and secretly bring it into the church others don't they just follow in like sheep following a shepherd blind leaders and the blind people following the blind leaders and they join them in doing things that they did not know but the lord wants our eyes to be opened so that we can see for ourselves and turn away from the blindness that is in our eyes the lord speaking of this our present generation in the book of revelation chapter 3 reading from verse 14 says the message to laodicea god has diagnosed us and his diagnosis is that he has a problem with us and what is the problem he said we think we are rich in goods and have need of nothing not knowing that we are we are naked miserable poor blind and naked but the lord wants to use his word to open our eyes so that we can see now another example is some people will ask in their minds are you saying that there's nothing we can copy and bring into the house of god yes the lord is teaching us that lesson don't bring any strange fire into the house of god no matter how much you say in your mind it is unto god look at this story now of a man called king ahaz who the bible says this was that king ahaz terrible thing this man did but does he look terrible in your eyes let us see it second chronicles chapter 28 reading from verse 1 says ahaz was 20 years old when he became king and he was ruling in jerusalem for 16 years he did not do what was right in the eyes of the lord like david his father but he went in the ways of the kings of israel and made images of metal for the bowels more than this he had offerings burned in the valley of the son of hino and made his children go to the fire copying the disgusting ways of the nations whom the lord had sent out of the land before the children of israel and he made offerings and had perfumes burned in the high places and on the hills under every green tree now going from verse 14 we'll see now why one thing ahaz did that we'll ask ourselves really what is wrong with this is there anything wrong with what ahaz did here i'll read from second chronicles chapter 28 verse 22 now it says and in the time of his trouble the same king ahaz did even more evil against the lord for he made offerings to the gods of damascus who were attacking him and said because the gods of the kings of aram are giving them help i will make offerings to them so that they may give me help but they were the cause of his downfall and of that of all israel and he has got together the vessels of the house of god cutting up all the vessels of the house of god and shutting the doors of the lord's house and he made altars in every part of jerusalem 
and in every town of Judah he made high places where perfumes were burned to other gods, awaking the wrath of the Lord, the God of his fathers. Now, what is it that Ahaz really did here? When we say he was making offerings to other gods, you think that he was really calling their names? No. In his mind, he was still worshipping the God of heaven. Let us look at it in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 16, verse 10. It says, And King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet Tiglath Pileser, king of Assyria, and saw an altar that was at Damascus. And King Ahaz sent to Urijah, the priest, the fashion of the altar and the pattern of it according to all the workmanship thereof. That means he copied it, he drew it and said, oh, this is what it looks like. And then he sent it to Urijah the priest. And what did he tell Urijah? Verse 11, And Urijah the priest built an altar according to all that King Ahaz had sent from Damascus. So Urijah the priest made it against King Ahaz came from Damascus. And when the king was come from Damascus, the king saw the altar. And the king approached to the altar and offered thereon. And he burnt his burnt offering and his meat offering and poured his drink offering and sprinkled the blood of his peace offerings upon the altar. And he brought also the brazen altar which was before the Lord from the forefront of the house from between the altar and the house of the Lord and put it on the north side of the altar. And King Ahaz commanded the reader the priest saying, Upon the great altar burn the morning burnt offering and the evening meat offering. So, who is the person that requested for morning and evening offering? Is it not God? It is God. So, who are they making their offering to? It is God in their minds. But we read in the book of 2 Chronicles this indicting statement against Ahaz. That when he copied this thing from Damascus, it says in 2 Chronicles 28 verse 23, For he made offerings to the gods of Damascus who were attacking him. In his mind and the minds of the people, they were still coming to the temple of the Lord. But the altar had been changed, the services had been changed, the method, the manner was still remaining the same. It was still the same morning and evening sacrifice. It was still the house of the Lord. But because that altar was copied from the one of Damascus, it was no longer service to God. Do you understand that when you take those songs from the world, you may be in the church of God, yes. You may say to yourself, it is God I'm worshipping, yes. You may still be holding your Bible in your hands, yes. But as far as you are copying something from the world and bringing it to the house of God, in that music, in that concert, you are offering strange fire to the Lord. And this is the reason why the Lord will say in the book of Amos 5, reading from verse 22 downwards, he says, take away from me the noise of your songs. Because to God, that is not what he requested. It is obnoxious to his ears. He says, I will not even take your burnt offerings. Because we are not following exactly what he said. The lesson is for us. We must render God exact obedience. The second lesson we learn from Nadab and Abihu's story is that position and privilege means greater damnation. James chapter 3 verse 1 says to us, My brethren, be not many masters knowing that we shall receive the greater damnation. My, with what solemnity then should every leader and every minister conduct themselves? This is a fearful statement. And also the statement we read in Conflict and Courage, page 100, paragraph 2, is something fearful for any leader. We are told the great light and privileges bestowed require returns of virtue and holiness corresponding to the light given anything short of this God cannot cannot accept. 
great blessings or privileges should never lull to security or carelessness. They should never give license to sin or cause the recipients to feel that God will not be exact with them." End of quote. What the Lord will excuse in the common people, he will not excuse in the leaders because they have been given a high honor and privilege. Leaders, beware. We have an example from the man called King Uzzah, who the Lord blessed so mightily. The Lord so prospered him. He was one of the mightiest kings. Some of us don't talk about him because maybe because of his end. But this man was so powerful, so faithful to God in righteousness and also in secular matters that the Lord so blessed him and he was honored by God. Reading from the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 26, reading from verse 1. It talks about this man. It says, Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in the room of his father, Amaziah. He built Eloth and restored it to Judah after the king slept with his fathers. 16 years old was Uzziah when he began to reign, and he reigned 50 and 2 years in Jerusalem. This was like one of the longest reigning kings. Even David stayed only 50 years. This man stayed 52 years. His mother's name also was Jecoliah of Jerusalem. And look at the verdict of God on him. 2 Chronicles 6 verse 4 says, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had who, who had understanding in visions in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. And he went forth and warred against the Philistines and break down the wall of Gath and the wall of Jabne and the wall of Ashdod and build cities about Ashdod and among the Philistines. And God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians that dwelt in Grubal and the Mehunims. And the Amorites gave gifts to Uzziah and his name spread abroad even to the entering in of Egypt. Wow! For he strengthened himself. How? Exceedingly. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate and at the valley gate and at the turning of the wall and fortified them. Also, he built towers in the desert and digged many wells, for he had much cattle, both in the low country and in the plains, husbandmen husband also, and vine dressers in the mountains and in Carmel, for he loved husbandry. Moreover, Uzziah had an host of fighting men that went out to war by bands, according to the number of their count by the hand of Jalel, the scribe, and Maser. Maseah, the ruler, under the hand of Haniah, one of the king's captains. The whole number of the chief of the fathers of the mighty men of valor were 2,600. Ah, I can go on and on. There are three verses left to verse 15 to tell us more of Uzziah, but you get the point. Uzziah was a man of God, privileged of God. As we read, the Lord helped him. He sought the Lord. He was with Zechariah, a man of God, who gave him visions and interpreted them for him. But hear this about Uzziah. Verse 16. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. And Azariah the priest went in after him, and with him fourscore priests of the Lord that were valiant men. And they withstood Uzziah the king and said unto him, It appertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the son of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast trespassed, neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord God. Then 
Uzziah was wrought and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wrought with the priests, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. And Azariah the chief priests and all the priests looked upon him and behold, he was leprous in his forehead and they thrust him out from thence. Yea, himself hasted also to go out because the Lord had smitten him. And Uzziah the king was a leper until the day of his death and dwelt in a several house being a leper. For he was cut out from the house of the Lord and Jotham his son was over the king's house judging the people of the land. Hmm. By the way, this is son Jotham was also a very nice man, lived to the end of his days serving God. But the story we are talking of now is about King Uzziah. Do you see this kind of contradiction? The Bible says that he did that which was right in the eyes of God. But later on, we see what he did that was wrong. Yeah, most likely he repented because we saw that even when he had leprosy, he himself even hasted out of the temple to get correction. It is a lesson for leaders. Just because of the prosperity the Lord gives to you and just because you have been walking with God and praying and God has been answering your prayers like he was answering Uzziah's prayers and God has been prospering you and God has been giving you many victories. That is the more reason you should be the last person to disregard the word of God. The Lord will teach us a lesson with Uzziah, with also Nadab and Abihu that he is no respecter of persons and not only that the lesson we read in the book of james chapter 3 verse 1 that those who have been given the great privilege to them the lord is expecting much from them because he respects that since i have given you light i should be seeing holiness since i have been pleased to shed upon your pathway great truths then the result should be good life wow may the lord have mercy on us if we are not giving him the returns but we should be careful not to presume and in our hearts think that because of our position and because of who we are or because of how much the lord has been answering our prayers then we now want to bank on our righteousness and think that our righteousness will excuse us in the day that we commit iniquity our righteousness will not excuse us we are not excused just because of the fact the lord has been working with us in the past or because you call yourself priest or whatever if you are a priest and you bring in strange fire, the Lord will not accept it. If you have been one who has been a man of God and the Lord has been hearing your prayers and you do something that is wrong, the Lord will not accept it and he will rebuke us if we do that. That's a lesson for us. Do not say, oh, we are God's church. Everything we do is right. Some people are loath to hear their church being rebuked. Some people, they don't love to hear correction. Just like Uzziah, they feel, am I not God's church? Who are you to correct me? When the priests were correcting Uzziah, telling him, stop, you are doing the wrong thing. He even got more angry. And that was when the Lord struck him. Are you among those who are so protective of yourself, so protective of your church, and you think that, oh, I am worthy, I can do anything, and that you shouldn't speak against our church, you shouldn't speak against me, you shouldn't tell us what is right and what is wrong, keep quiet. Oh my, you are just displaying the same Nadab and Abihu spirit, thinking that because you are a priest, because you call yourself Christian, or you say, oh, our church is God's church, we are the ones that belong to God, therefore we should not receive any correction from anybody. It's not everything that you do that is right, my brothers and sisters. It is only the word of God that is true and sure. Church is not Bible. Bible is not church. The Bible is separate. It's the Bible we are following. We are not following church. And that is why the church is subject to the word of God. The word is not subject to the church. That is why the Bible and the word can be used to correct the church. 
and nobody should feel offended by it like Nadab and Abihu thinking that because we are God's church, everything we do is sanctified. The Lord was so offended with this kind of attitude and then he had to send Jeremiah to speak to the people because of this thing. In Jeremiah chapter 7, reading from verse 1, it says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all ye of Judah, all you Christians. Today, all of us, the Lord is speaking to us, that enter in at the gate. Verse 3, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Trust ye not in lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you oppress not the stranger, the fatherless and the widow, and shed not innocent blood in its place, in this place, neither walk after other gods to your hurt. Then I will cause you to dwell in this place in the land that I give to your fathers forever and ever. Behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. Would you steal, murder, commit adultery, and swear falsely, burn incense to Baal, and walk after other gods whom you know not, and come and stand before me in this house which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered to do all these abominations? Is this house which is called by, by my name become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, even I have seen it, said the Lord. But go ye now unto my place which was in Shiloh, where I set my name at the first, and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people Israel. And now, because you have done all these works, saith the Lord, and I spake unto you, rising up early and speaking, but you heard not, and I called you, and you answered not. Therefore will I do unto this house, which is called by my name, wherein you trust, and unto the place which I gave to your fathers, as I have done to Shiloh. And I will cast you out of my sight, as I have cast out all your brethren, even the whole seed of Ephraim. We should not think that because we are God's people, we start to say, the temple of the Lord are we. That anything we come to do, and we bring in strange fire into the house of God, nobody should speak against it, because we are God's church. God says, do not trust in lying words. And do not think that everything you do, just because you call yourself temple of the Lord, then you will sanctify all your actions. You say your own is different from the world's own. My own, I'm doing it unto God. My own dancing in the church is unto God. Their own is not unto God. My own music, even though it was their, their, their music, and my own lyrics is unto God. Their own is not unto God. My own concert and my own raising of hands and all of that and the switching of all the lights, I'm doing it for God. But it's the same practice. And God is saying you are trusting in lying words. The Lord is known by his practices. It is not just about saying, calling God's name to anything you want to do and then you think that it's accepted by him. It is strange fire. And we must reverence God. And when we bring in things that are not ordained by God, we are bringing in irreverence into the house of God. And the Lord wants to correct that. And that is why he told the uh, children of Israel in Leviticus 21 verse, verse 6, he told the priest rather, they shall be holy unto their God and not profane the name of their God. For the offerings of the Lord made by fire and the bread of their God they do offer. Therefore they shall be holy. And then Exodus 19 verse 22, the Lord said, and let the priests also which come near to the Lord sanctify themselves, lest the Lord break forth upon them. We are to reverence God and sanctify ourselves before coming to his presence and bring in only things that are in harmony with the sacredness of his worship and not things that symbolize worshiping of other gods. 
it is still strange fire when we bring in articles idols into the house of god it's strange fire there are many churches today that have pictures there they have these idols pictures of who they claim to be jesus whereas jesus in his word said do not make any image of any likeness of anything whether in heaven or in earth there's a popular picture going around since we were little children even before we were born they say this is jesus but is it him and they bring it into the house of god all these things are strange fire into the house of god and god is calling us out of these practices that we offer not strange fire unto him and that we should sanctify ourselves before him may the lord help us let us pray father in heaven we thank you for the lessons you have taught us today the words spoken lord i pray if they have not been well said lord have mercy and i pray lord that the minds of the people shall properly understand that you grant them your spirit to know and to differentiate between the sacred and the common that we will identify wherein we have gone wrong in offering strange fire unto you lord please forgive us but show us lord so that we can come out of it thank you lord for your mercies that we may have even done worse than nada banabihu and yet you have spared us and we do not want to presume on your mercy and make it to look like because of that then we are delivered to do these iniquities Lord, we want to change and we pray that you will grant to us the gift of your spirit to convict our souls and give us grace to do what you want us to do in the manner you want it to be done. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.